0: In this episode, we learn about behavioral adaptations and the connection to addictions. My name is Justin Senseri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist obsessed with the polyvagal theory. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. My course, by the way, is available. It's called Building Safety Anchors. And I think it's ideal for you if you're stuck in your own growth or if you're stuck down your polyvagal ladder, if you can't quite get yourself to the present moment, if you're overwhelmed with wellness information. It's 30 days of bite-sized, focused learning and doing. Find out more. There's a link in the description. JustinLMFT.com So in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about behavioral adaptations. We're going to talk about addiction. I do want you to put yourself first. I keep things safe as always, but you know yourself best. So uh, please put yourself first. Take care of yourself. Take a break if you need to. If you're one of the super fans, I've got an announcement afterwards. And also a voice message from one of your fellow superfans. So the topic here is behavioral adaptations and addiction. Hopefully I'll have time for both of these. If not, we'll do a two-parter. But behavioral adaptations and addiction. And these are things that people have requested from me that I talk about. Behavioral adaptations and addictions. Uh, I've gotten a number of people requesting that. And so here we are. The first question that I have here is what is a behavioral adaptation? That's the first thing we have to address. And a behavioral adaptation is quite simply a behavior that we engage in as an adaptation to being in a defensive state, to being in a really in a stuck defensive state. And I'm really going to focus here on behaviors. I do think that there's a separate concept of cognitive adaptations. And I know there's some behavioral analyst people who might qualify those as the same thing, but I, I'm going to differentiate those. And polyvagal theory in particular, um, as far as I know, Porges has never, or even Dana has Dana have not really identified cognitive adaptations. I would say that there are cognitive adaptations that we do that are distinct or even maybe complementary to behavioral adaptations. But in this episode, we're just going to focus on behavioral adaptations. And these are things, again, that we engage in as a way to adapt to being in a stuck Defensive state. So, being stuck down a polyvagal ladder. So, there's things that we do in reaction to being stuck. This can look many, many, many different ways. I think, basically, if you look through the DSM, you're going to see a lot of these. But it could be substance abuse, which we'll talk about, and addiction, which we'll talk about. Could be hair pulling, could be compulsions, abuse, bullying, gambling it could be teeth grinding or other fidgety behaviors it could be refusing to leave home it could be acting out in class self-harm behaviors it could be a lot of stuff the range of these uh, I'm, i don't is a lot the intensity is a lot and these are probably going to be dependent on the individual's ability to self-regulate i think if there's a higher level of self-regulation you'll probably see less severe behavioral adaptations So not just their ability to self-regulate, but also how chronic their defensive state, I guess that goes hand in hand, but how chronic their defensive state is, how intense their defensive state is. I think that you'll see more intense um, behavioral adaptations based on those things. These behavioral adaptations are not going to be for things that are more like temporary stuck energy, things that you can more or less easily self-regulate through. You're not going to be really using behavioral adaptations for that temporary stuck energy, or for that temporary defensive energy. I I won't even call it stuck. I'll just say temporary defensive energy. Things like work stress, marital disagreements, um, arguments with a friend. These aren't really things that you're stuck on necessarily. These are things that happen, but they can be dealt with. Stress at work, you can deal with that. Now, chronic stress at work, having a terrible boss you deal with day after day after day. Yeah, that might have a toll on you, but just work with me here. I mean in in general, you know, having a disagreement with somebody at work, or having a project that is due tomorrow and you've postponed on it, and now you got to get it done, that's temporary. It's not going to be something that you're stuck on year after year after year. Like surviving a traumatic event, that's something that's going to keep you stuck down your uh, your ladder, uh, potentially for a very 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 long time. So, same thing with marital marital disagreements or arguing with a friend, stuff like that. It's not really stuck energy. Having some stuck defensive energy could result in some severe marital disagreements and some severe work stress and whatnot. But I'm, I'm saying just if, if you have a nice ability to self-regulate and you get in an argument with your spouse, that's temporary. The two of you are able, can work through that. So, you're not going to have to engage in some sort of behavioral adaptation to deal with these things as long as you have enough self regulation capacity. Okay. So, as long as you have enough ability to self regulate, you can basically deal with these things and move on with life. Of course, these things could compound if you're not dealing with them, but that's not what we're talking about. Point being here is that these behavioral adaptations are probably going to be more for that intense, stuck, energy. That stuck defensive energy, so the flight energy, fight energy, shut down lack of energy, or that really intense uh, mixed state, the freeze mixed state. It's going to be more for for that really intensive stuck defensive energy. And it gets so bad that it's really kind of intolerable that feeling it and being with it becomes very intolerable for that individual. And they've lost access to their ventral vagal safety pathways. They've lost access to the biology necessary to really feel that stuff, to be with it, to deal with it, to make a plan on how to deal with it, to seek out help, uh, to, to make connections with safe others. All that stuff is kind of hampered or gone or lessened, basically, So, without that ventral vagal safety pathway, pathways activated, that stuck defensive energy becomes a lot more intolerable and you lose, you really kind of lose the capacity, capacity to be with it, to be in your body, to feel it and let the energy kind of do its thing and run its course. I want to give you a metaphor here, an image. I want you to imagine driving along and you stop at an intersection. Now, don't ask me why, but this intersection, the experience of being in this intersection is very painful. It's not comfortable. You don't like it. It's basically you're being stuck in some sort of defensive energy. There's two paths in this intersection. It forks in the road, so there's two paths. Path A goes forward, so it just goes straight, and it's a new road. It's uh, it's vulnerable. It feels very vulnerable. It feels very uncomfortable, kind of painful also. But ultimately, path A leads you to where you want to be. The second path, the second road is path B. We'll call it path B. And this gets you forward at first, so it kind of feels like you're going forward, but then it loops back to the intersection. It brings you right back to that painful intersection. So you have path A and path B. Path path A gets you to where you want to be and is uncomfortable and it's new and it's different. Path B gets you forward at first, so, so gets you kind of there, but then it comes right back to where you started and probably feels more comfortable in a way. It feels more predictable. So behavioral adaptations are like Path B. They kind of feel better. Um, they mimic, in a way, going up the political ladder, I think, by providing relief or distraction from the defensive energy. But Then you come right back to the defensive energy because it's not real change. It's not actual change. Path A is actual change. Path A is new. It's uncomfortable. might be even painful, but it will lead you to where you want to be, which is actual change, whatever that looks like in your life. With behavioral adaptations, it's not actual change. So you're just coming right back to the defensive energy and you've just sort of gotten this illusion of relief or this I mean it's real I mean you feel relief, maybe, but you come right back to the original stuck defensive pain energy, but it's not real change because when you do those behavioral adaptations, you're not really exercising your ventral vagal pathways to build, to build the strength of your vagal brake, and the strength of your vagal break is the strength of your safety system, so the stronger your safety system. That means there's more influence on the vagal tone of your heart, which is basically to keeping the heart at a calmer uh, beat per minute. Without having a strong enough vagal break, your heart rate goes up. So with real change, real sustainable change from a polyvagal sense, you have to have the strength of your vagal break increase, which again means the strength of your social engagement system increases. That's your safety pathways. And that takes, you have to exercise it. You have to practice it. You have to do things that are uncomfortable a little bit at a time. You have to drive that straight road, which is even though it's very uncomfortable and new and vulnerable, that, that is the path of change. When you do the path B and come right back to where you started, there is no exercising of the vehicle brake. There's temporary relief. There's also no mindfulness. There's no being in the present moment. And with path A, that is absolutely essential to making lasting change. You have to practice being in the present moment. When you do that, you're activating your safety pathways. You're exercising your ability to go from your defensive energy up into your ventral vagal safety pathways. And when you're there, you can be in the present moment enough. You can practice going up and down your ladder that That is absolutely essential to making lasting change. In Path B, you don't have that. There's no mindfulness. There is no practicing being in the present moment. There's just relief, which is something. It's a it's hell of a lot better than nothing, I'm, I'm sure. But it's not the path to lasting change. And with Path B, there's no curiosity. There's probably a lot of judgment. With Path B, whatever that behavioral adaptation is, to relieve the person from their stuck defensive energy. Uh, typically, they're not proud of it. People aren't proud of addiction. People aren't proud of you know skin picking, or uh, you know violence in a the classroom. They're not proud of those things. They don't feel good about it. It's just that when they do it, there might be some level of relief from the defensive energy pain. But there's there's no curiosity about what it's like to have those feelings. There's no curiosity about the pain or the defensive energy that is involved in being stuck at the intersection, being stuck on your ladder, more mixing metaphors here. There's there's no curiosity about that. There's probably a lot of judgment. There's probably a lot of judgment about the pain itself of being in the intersection. And then also probably a lot of judgment about taking path B and ending up right back where you were. There's no, in path B, there's no love, there's no acceptance. Just a lot of judgment. There's no curiosity, like I said. So these things, curiosity, love, acceptance, mindfulness, these things come from small increments of practicing change and exercising the ventral vagal safety pathways from small increments. We don't really change all at once. That's not really the way it works. It comes from small increments. But that means we have to be Willing to face some of that discomfort a, a little bit at a time to go from the pain to some ventral vagal activity, back to the pain, back to the ventral vagal activity, to exercise it, go back and forth and build the strength of those ventral safety pathways. But that comes through that comes through small increments of practicing change, practicing mindfulness, practicing curiosity practicing non-judgment. And and this is one of those things that's like, yeah, it's easier said than done. I know. But I have a whole podcast that talks more in depth about this stuff. If you go back episode and episode and episode. I also have the Polyvagal Patrons podcast, which talks more about this stuff. And I also have Building Safety Anchors, which helps people practice to be in the present moment. Path B is not really real change because there's no small increments of practicing change. We have to be able to actually access and exercise the ventral pathways. This is what leads to more lasting change. Accessing it and exercising the ventral vagal pathways. That's what leads to more lasting change. Now, of course, you are your own unique, wonderful being with your own polyvagal ladder, and it's extremely difficult for me to tell you what to do. And I know it's frustrating, but that is a reality of it. There is tons of information out there from pretty much everyone at this point. <laughs> Everybody has an opinion on what to do for uh, "quote unquote" wellness. So there's tons of information out there. What I'd recommend for you is that you audit what, you know, what's out there and what works for you. So you've probably already taken in a whole bunch of information, but I don't know how much of it you've actually practiced. So next time you You know, read about whatever it is, try it out maybe, try it out if you can, and rule it in or rule it out. So if it works like you've something there that you feel like you can grow on, try it again tomorrow. Uh, Write it down in your list of, uh, like in your menu of options for self-regulation. If it's something that doesn't work for you, let it go. Maybe it'll be relevant later on, but for now in your life, it just might not be relevant. And that's okay. So take all that information out there and I've there's pl- lots of stuff on the podcast that we've talked about, that I talked about, or Mercedes and I talked about. We actually had like four or five episodes, I want to say back in like episode 20-ish or so, right around there, where we talked about climbing the political ladder and had um, a number of different recommendations. So there is stuff out there. There's lots of information about there out there about self-regulation and mindfulness. What that looks like for you, I don't know. I would highly recommend that you do what I said, which is take that information, write it in a list, start crossing off stuff that just simply is not for you at this moment in your life right now, currently. I'm going to talk about addiction and what this has to do with behavioral adaptations. You can probably kind of already get a sense, but I want to talk more about addictions in particular next week. Make sure you come back for that. So I've got one announcement here for you. I created a new quarterly. Uh, it was supposed to be a newsletter, but it's turned out to be a mini ebook. And the, the first one came out last week. It's only for people who are on my email list or uh, are a patron of mine. It's called S and B Quarterly Stuck Not Broken Quarterly. It'll come out once every few months, and will be a collection, a small collection of my favorite blog articles, or even brand new things that i haven't released anywhere else. So this last quarterly that came out or the first one that came out has three articles in it and two of them are brand new have not appeared on the blog quite yet. So if you want to have uh, a mini ebook that you can download and open up in pretty much any e-reader that you use, i use um i what's it called apple books. I use apple books and it works really well. The text formats perfectly. You can change the size of it if you want bigger text size, you can change it. Um, I love it. So it's super cool. I lost all my pretty pictures and designing elements, but it's a better experience for the reader. And that's, that's you. That's the most important thing that comes out quarterly. So sign up on just at the bottom of any page on my website is um, a sign up for my email list. Just sign up. Or if you're a patron or you can become a patron, you'll get that as well. I wanted to play a voice message I got from, actually, it was a video message I got from Jadzia. She sent me an email, and I share this because I just, I really appreciate it, and I don't know, people send me love, and I want to put it out there, whether I'm reading it or playing it. It just means a lot to me, and if I can put it back out in the world, I don't know, it means something to me, so that's why I'm doing this. Uh, this is from Jadzia. Thank you so much for the video, and here's the audio of it for everybody.
1: Hey, Justin. Um, I'm a podcast listener. I've been listening for about two months, and um, I just finished listening to one of your podcasts, and something deep inside me just said, make a video and thank Justin. Um, So I'm making a video to thank you, and if I start to ramble, just know this video is about thanking you. And um, I want to show my gratitude towards your podcast, your work, your passion, and how it's really changed a lot of people that you don't even know it has reached. I listened to a lot of your early podcasts, and you talk about how nervous it makes you and you know, are you even really reaching people? And I know it's been over a year since the podcast has been out. So I hope that you no longer have that that external doubt, even though I know it may creep up a little bit, but I want to tell you that your podcast has been really, really life-changing and is going to reach a lot more people than I hope you're even able to anticipate. I just listened to your open letter, open letter number 11, and I'm so thankful that you released it. Every single sentence spoke to me. I don't know how you did this. Maybe the universe is connecting us in some way. Um, And I don't want to sound selfish by saying that because you're that open letter is going to help so many more people. But I want you to know that somehow, some way every single sentence in the progression that you read it really resonated and really helped. And so I want to say thank you and, uh, I'm making a video of all things, not just writing a paragraph in an email. Um, I'm making a video to say thank you because I want to show you how much your work truly is impacting a lot more people than just myself. But when you talk about safe and social states and how important it is to have porosity and have facial expressions and, and human connection, I want you to know how... <laughs> it's internalized. So I want you to see my face saying, thank you so much. And, and to see the joy that your work, listening to it an hour every other day or so has has really caused. Um, so I rambled a little bit, but I, I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart and from my face, thank you, Justin, your work and the work of the team that you're on is life-changing and it's going to reach a lot of people. I am making it my work to spread your message and we're going to have a better world. So thank you, Justin. Bye.
0: Jazia, thank you uh, once again for that incredible, very touching video that you sent me through email. And I know I already responded to you through email, but now you can hear me say it again. Thank you. I I fully believe that we're going to change the world. And Maybe that's a little, uh, what do you call it, Uh, egotistical? Maybe that's a little, um, what's the word? Darn it, Mercedes is always the one who fills in the blanks for me. It's a little uh, grandiose, that's the word, a little grandiose. But I fully believe that this information, if I can execute it properly, and if the listener on the other end can apply it to themselves, I think we have a chance to change the world. I really do. So I'm glad you're on board, Jadzia. I hope that your listener, I hope you're on board as well. To re- to respond to her question or her concern about my anxiousness. Yeah, things have gotten a lot, a lot better. I'm this is over a year and a half. We're into this. This is episode I think seventy-six of the weekly, plus a whole bunch more for bi weekly every now and then, plus the Patreon one. My my goodness. Yeah, things have gotten easier. And I recently hired a coach, I think it's been a couple months, and I think I'm doing a lot better just as far as like my nervous system capacity to handle doing all this and the Instagram and creating courses and all that, like all this stuff. Yeah, it's gotten easier, but I'm also pushing myself and my comfort level further to be able to tackle new things provide new sources of content for free, some paid, some free. Uh, but, you know, put myself in situations that are uncomfortable. And yeah, I might share more of that with you in in the future about uh, some of this coaching stuff and how I feel about it, what I've gotten out of it, um, that kind of stuff. So I'm a work in progress, just like everybody. And I, and hopefully every, all of us are noticing the limitations or the, not the limitations, but are noticing where we're at on our ladders, but also like how much can we tolerate? How much can our ventral vagal pathways tolerate before it becomes too much? And I think with the podcast, I've noticed that there have definitely been times where it's been too much and I've had to pull back and I don't, you may not have noticed, but there was a few months where I didn't really record anything. I just had so much stored up, but I kept releasing it. But there was a few months where I didn't really record anything. I wasn't posting Instagram just because I needed. I kind of went into hibernation. I just my my nervous system was what at was at its capacity, and it took me quite a while to be able to come back. I'll, I'll put it that way. Right now, I feel like I'm doing better than ever. I, I feel like I'm making real growth, uh, real growth where I'm really building the capacity of my nervous system, of my safety system, and what I can tolerate. For the most part, yeah, I feel great. Yeah, so thank you, Jadzia, for your <laughs> for your concern. Um, I, I've been doing pretty darn well. Pretty darn well. And dear listener, I hope you've learned something new to help you climb your own polyvagal ladder. Bye.